Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. The Forbidden Door has slammed shut for another year, just like the um, like the transfer window tends to. Uh, and we are here to talk all about it. It's me, your boy Big Tasty, joined by Faye and Jay, as always. How are we? How tired are we? Yes. So tired. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's been a long weekend, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, like the Saturday show hits different now, doesn't it? Because it's like late night Saturday, late night Sunday when there's a pay per view on now, and it's like I don't know if I, I don't know if my old body can do this. <laughs> when so when WWE moved the pay per views to Saturday and AW still sort of run Saturdays, I was like, this is great. Like Saturdays is fucking fine because I don't need to worry about fucking day off work. I don't need to worry about an extra day of just staying awake like late, and it's out. And then AW announced collision. I was like, "Well, there's the Saturday pay per views just gone. Yeah, <laughs> um, they've gone forever. Even if they ever were coming back, we, we are getting them back. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, it's it's a slog, but I mean, it's worth it when it's for good shows, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I had to go into work yesterday on Sunday. It's now Monday. I had to go to work yesterday to do all the work that I was supposed to do today, so I could have today off. So in, in between, like in between, like <laughs> two late night wrestling shows, I also have to go into what, what was a thirty odd degree brewery and do a load of heavy lifting, which absolutely sucked. But yeah, I got today off to have to sort of all I've done today is like paint models and watch wrestling and eat crisps. So that's been quite nice. Yeah, I, I got to go to it. I um, had lamb chops for my tea, which was delightful. Um, I mean, there were plenty of chops. The yeah. Kingston John Moxie happened last night. We'll talk about that in a bit, but yeah. Oh my heart! Um, <laughs> no, I, I went to Infamous on Saturday, which I will talk about at some point soon. Um, and that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, and then it was like, oh, you want that? Then you want all of the other wrestling at the same time too. Yeah. It was like, oh. Speaking of lambs, is... speaking of lambs getting slaughtered, how was uh, how was Barry? Oh my god! Oh, I, I was, I was sat in the atomic guys were like stood behind me, and I literally turned to them and I was like, you know, when you feel like you're meant to be at a family friendly show, and then that happens and you're like, they're literally the worst chops I have ever seen in person, like ever. Like I, really, can I saw the picture of everybody's chest. He looked like he been through the ringer oh my god when that show comes out on um demand progress please please catch it because oh my god it was heartbreaking yeah the chops, will do. like one day i will actually get to an infamous show and i won't have something gone when they announce the show i really do want to go to one um <laughs> september is the infamous eight you absolutely oh, have to yeah. come to that i think i um, promise i promise i'm king try, could go to that but... so yeah i can't i can't uh, can't make a liar at me yeah 
I mean, I mean, I told him I was going to this one, and then I'd forgotten I was going to see the Mars Volta last week, and that just was all my money gone all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And you would have bought everything there as well, because everyone well, was selling merch. And Lizzie was I, there. I, I didn't even buy a Mars Volta yet. I'm upset about that. That's sad. I'm, I'm very annoyed. So about I, that. I went to see Peter Gabriel on Friday. Um, my parents went because like they're huge Peter Gabriel fans, and it's like he's like seventy three now, so he's probably not going to tour again. Um, mm-hmm. And my dad wanted to buy a t shirt because like he got one on the last album tour nineteen years ago, um, <laughs> which is fucking mental to, to just say those words nineteen years ago um, when I was a teenager. God. Um, and <laughs> um, and yeah, the Peter Gabriel t shirt for forty pound. The Mars Volta ones are 20, and I was like, oh, that's, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. But then I, I also was like, well, I need to take into consideration this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not affording to get a shirt today. <laughs> On the plus side, I went to some really nice places in Manchester, and yeah, Manchester's real, yeah. Real, Manchester's real good. I had a lovely breakfast in a place called Federal, which, oh, that was that was exceptional. I, I feel like we need a day out to Manchester just, just for social reasons at some I point. I think we should have like a sort of podcast, like, Team building exercise where we just go and get leather around Manchester. Yeah, that sounds like fun. It, it's it's not. You said podcast me. <laughs> why are you like? Why are you like this? Uh, just just because I don't wind you up. To be fair, Faye is officially part of the podcast. The only reason I don't put you into the main group is to spare you from Troy. <laughs> and and, and I'm, more, more, I'm more more likely Aaron actually. Um, <laughs> It's it's a very quiet place. The group that group chat at the moment because we just kind of like talk directly to one another instead. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't actually do anything. We don't actually do anything because like, like group, we don't actually do anything because like that group of people really. Because like Aaron does his own videos. We do like um, the podcast here with with the three yeah. of us. Trying to like the editing yeah. and bits and bobs. Uh, so yeah, so we don't we don't ever. And like the last time we used it was when we were doing the um... mania. Main no, no yeah. it was just some sort of predictions whenever it was. Tro- the other Troy week. was Troy was telling us about his holiday that he's on at the moment. To be fair, it sounds great. To be fair. And he was at the baseball as well, which he, sounds he's, awesome he's in fun. he's in Brussels, which I'm extremely jealous of because mm. naturally I recommended a lot of the places too because I love Brussels. Um, Delightful. But yeah, um, the the joke I was making there is it's like the AW backstage area. Um, <laughs> but does that mean anyway, we steal? Got... Just buy people. I mean, he's the most likely to bite someone out of the podcast, <laughs> I think. Who's the most likely I, to crack someone with a chair? Oh, Troy. absolutely, Ryan. Um, <laughs> nah, right. Ryan's, Ryan's getting hit Ryan. with the chair. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan's like Larry and like probably Faye's like Kenny, like ushering him out. <laughs> and then me and Tasty are like the books just getting like bitten and like chairs thrown at us. <laughs> um <laughs> Someone needs to draw, draw that as a picture, please. Just get an AI to do it. That's what they all do these days. Yeah. Yeah. Right then. Um, yeah. Right. Should we talk? Should we talk? So what? what, what I think because the, there's so much to wrestle and talk about this week. Just AW. I think we'll, we'll keep it to just AW. Um, just talk about the Forbidden Door bits and bobs because that was literally yesterday. Um, what we'll try and do, we'll go through the card and we'll talk about the matches. But then, if anything happened on the shows in the week that ties into the matches we'll sort of pull into the conversation just so we're not yeah. sort of going here is everything happening on dynamite and then spending ages talking about it so um i have got so, yeah. four windows open to cross examine this i've i am like yeah this is like that bit it's in, like a charlie kelly string yeah, board. Th- th- this this is pepe sylvia like <laughs> 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 
we've already been fired. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Pre-show started out. Uh, first of all, obviously, we it was a great pop for RJ and Renee, obviously two Canadians. Renee in the double denim, which was... The Canadian a, tuxedo. Doing a country on as well. I, I popped. I popped so hard for that. That was that was great. Um, I loved that. Um, and then we enter our first. It just warmed my heart match. that RJ Sith. He got a massive pop. Yeah. Like he got like a monster pop when they were like Canada's own RJ City, and he even looked around like doubting that it was for him. This <laughs> <laughs> was just really lovely because you know we love RJ. We do. And, yeah, and so they got for... a shirt. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 age of the restaurants. Yeah, that 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 tweet he said as well, <laughs> like splitting the profits. I was just like, <laughs> so first match was chaos and Despy versus Mogul and Mogul, whatever they're called. Embassy. Mogul Embassy. Yeah, so yeah. This, was... this this was kind of like because of on Rampage they did United Empire and Swerve versus Chaos. Yeah, so it was kind of like an an offshoot of that because there was a lot of stuff going on with like. So that was the one match I saw on Pace this week, and that was really good fun. That was really fun, yeah. Um, I I feel like I feel like if Swerve wants to do another merger with the United Empire, that would be nice. Mm. So this was, um, yeah. Despy, I loved at the start when and they sort of like called Despy back to like get into like the into like the, the sort of pose with them at the start on the ramp. Yeah, Despy just looked done with all this shit already. Um, <laughs> so it was Chuck Taylor, Trent Barretta, and Rocky Romero, and then it was Khan, Tertola Leona, um, Brian Cage and Swerve. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they did a really good job of kind of playing into the fact that obviously Despy and Swerve were against each other last year's window. Yeah. Um, Chris Charlton did a really good job of kind of like going, oh yeah, Despy hasn't forgotten about that. He's he's pissed off that he lost to Swerve. Chris Charlton um, was a nice voice to have on the pre-show as well. I enjoyed him. I like Chris Charlton. Um... Yeah, he, he's <laughs> he he seems to wound his neck in a bit because like he was trying to he was trying on a Dominion. He was trying to kind of play up the whole AW versus New Japan thing as opposed to being like just a joint promoted show. He was like trying to like do it's like us and them sort of thing, and he was like like tribalism. Uh, he, not tribalism. He was just he, there was a couple of lines he said like on commentary at Dominion, and Kevin Kelly was like, "Well, you know that, that's not necessarily fair, Chris." Ke- Kevin uh, Kelly's he, just thinking about his collision contract. Just like, oh Ke- shit, Kevin oh, Kelly's shit. just thinking like, <laughs> "Shit, I'm going to work for them in a month." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he's. It, I, I thought he was really good. Um, he played off. Obviously, him and Kevin are a team anyway, and I thought they played off Excalibur really well. I thought Kevin Kelly's just like a breath of fresh air, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, you can tell he's not familiar with everyone on the product yet. But I think because of his experience, because of his delivery, and the manner of which he, he can kind of conduct himself on commentary, he gets away with it a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, he really should be able to pronounce Carter's first name. He's done it, he's done it for long enough. Don't worry about it. What I liked um, as well was how they sort of, like, played across how that, like, he was like, oh, you know... Despy can't it isn't like gelling well with chaos because they've never done it before. So he made he made like the sort of thing for that as well. And obviously as well, Chaos and Suzuki Goon like yeah. used to be rivals. So it's if anything, it's harder for Despy because he's like it's That's like a team that like, yeah. used to have, have wars with. 
Um, so, yeah, Embassy this won this, right? Yeah. Um, I can't. I, I can't remember uh, the finish this match at all. Essentially, everyone got took out by Toliona and Khan on the outside. So it was just Rocky on his own with Cage and Swerve. Um, and Cage, Cage and Swerve hit like a really cool, it was like a an F5 into a cutter. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Swerve, Swerve got on the top rope and Rocky was sat up waiting for the stomp. And yeah. Swerve was just like shouting at him for like ages and then just like <laughs> murdered them with it. Rocky was just sat there like accepting his fate like, yep, yeah, I'm going to die. Um, that me. And everybody else being held back as well, which was nice while he was getting pinned. Yeah. Um there's a really good um, near fall spot with um where Chuck and um Chuck and Trent hit strong zero on Swerve. Yeah. Right. And like Khan got it like li- literally with like two point nine mm-hmm. Khan managed to break that. it up. Yeah, that, that was great. That was really good. Yeah. Um really fun opener, really big high obviously one of those really high energy sort of like multi man motherfucker cut sort of matches where everything just goes all over the place. Uh, best friends are just the kings of this shit, aren't they? Like the if you if you need yeah. someone to like get everyone, you know, ready to go, put best friends in a multi man and you're having a good time. Yeah. Um Another fun spot um, when they did the hug and Despy looked like as though he was like, what the, what's the fucking point in this? <laughs> Despy was trying to like get to swear, wasn't he? And Rocky had to pull yeah. him in the middle. You've got to give the people what they want. Um, but then they got attacked straight away and they were like, look, Despy was right, like on commentary. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, the match that I personally I think I enjoyed them. Mm, I don't know, it was, just, it was a close one, uh, but I think this just about shaded it for me. Uh, this was... Uh, Billy Starks versus Athena. Yeah, on the pre-show, yeah. yeah. Billy Starks versus Athena. Um, I just am so happy for Billy Starks because she's like yeah. literally just graduated high school and now here she is wrestling on the pre-show Forbidden Door in front of like 20,000 people, which is just phenomenal. And she got a really big pop when she came out as well. Yeah. Yeah. On the um, on the press conference after as well, Tony Khan really like made a big deal out of it. Um, I can't. Yeah. I can't say we've signed Billy Starks, but uh. <laughs> it be- basically the the question was um the question was you've got like three really strong women's champions on your roster at the moment, um uh, uh, what's like what kind of additions can we expect to see to the division? And he, his first thing was, well, actually we've got four. We've got Willow Nightingale as well, which made me happy. And then straight off the bat after that, he was like, Billy Starks really excites me. She's going to be a star. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, it it seems like she's probably signed. Um, I mean, I didn't say it on this podcast first. Tony Schiavone said it on his podcast first. <laughs> um, but, yeah, th- this is great. Um, it was pretty much when we were doing the predictions, we kind of spoke about it, and we sort of predicted how the match was going to go, that Athena was going to come, come out strong, Starks was going to get like a lot of offense in, look like she was going to beat Athena, and then Athena was going to just kill her. And yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it a lot. I really that hope definitely the drives on the ring. That Billy talk, that Billy talk was oof. that um that fucking like knees into the table was horrible. Yeah, that was that was straight after that. She rolled to the outside and then like immediately afterwards. That, that was right into the finish, wasn't it? Yeah, that she was... hit that and then she rolled it in and hit like the uh, the swinging GTS thing she's been doing. It was it was lovely. Like Athena continues to be like. In, on the run of a career in terms of just a character work and, and everything she's doing it's it's oh, incredible Athena's outstanding if you get a chance to watch Ring of Honor you're, I know more wrestling um, she's been having some it. phenomenal matches there she's been doing some her amazing and, work 
her and Kira Hogan had a street fight this week, and it was a standout match on the show. It was fantastic. She's done great stuff with Kira Hogan. She's done great stuff with the Sky Blue. She's done a great match with Willow. Like she's, she's been fucking tearing it up, man. It's it's, it's so so good. She's elevating any anyone who come like near in that division. It's really really compelling stuff. Um, kind of want to see her drop the ROH title and do a bit more in AEW proper, but. I say but let it let her get super strong and then bring her in against Statlander. She should be the person to take it off Statlander, I think. Oh, that'd be that'd be mm-hmm. a fucking tasty match that I'd, I'd, I'd or, a bit of that. Or hear me out here. When Jamie's had like the AW title again for a little while, then Athena comes up and like we do Jamie and Athena instead. Oh yeah. That that's that's oh, where the money is, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh next up, something that popped you, Jay, certainly. Um Yeah. So first of all, we had righteous. ELP come out with all yeah. his all his delicious himbo energy. Oh, that, great. that jacket was fantastic. It's it's so good, isn't it? He looks like oh, uh, I mean, remember when we we saw him wrestle in like in TNT on like his last tour in the UK before he went to New Japan? I think that was like his last date in the UK before, like his last because he show basically got a promo. Was like fuck you all, I'm going to Japan. The fans are better. Yeah, than that's that, so that was a. I can't remember who it was against. I know Michael Oku was in it. It was like a triple threat. It was a triple threat. That's when he threw the bottle at Oku and he caught it. Like, yeah, it was like the best um, moment of the year. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> I I'm, I can't remember who it was. It was someone, someone good. Yeah, it was a really was good match. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, as as, as I, Jim, I also as, um, like about three weeks before that saw him wrestle uh, Jordan Devlin as well on Jordan Devlin's last day. Uh, I think his last date before he was full time WWE. Oh, fair. And that was, um, like, a really good match. But yeah, so um, then next day, obviously, we had um, Jay's big pop was um, Grayson came out, accompanied by the Righteous. Oh, oh my sorry. God. As, he, sorry, he came out as part of the Righteous, I think is the better way to, to he, describe he it. Has, he has been for a few weeks on, um, yeah. on Ring, Ring of Honor. Honor. Can you imagine the shock, um, though, like, for people who don't watch Ring of Honor? You'd be wondering, t- like, what t- the t- fuck's Khan. going on? Tony Khan said that on the uh, press conference. He's like, hopefully, like some of the kind of like more Ring of Honor stuff we've been like integrating into the show tonight was like gonna get people a bit more intrigued. That's that. Wait, why is Sue Grayson and the Righteous? Don't worry um, about it. Who are the Righteous? The the Righteous is it's fantastic. He's still it's a spooky. So he's, st- he's still a spooky pervert. That's all you need to know. Yeah, <laughs> just just now he's tagging with actual Charles Manson. Um, yeah, like Vin. The the whole like aesthetic of the entrance is fantastic. Um oh. like obviously Vincent doing the clicking, Dutch and um Grayson walking behind him to the beat of the drum on the song. Um it it's it's just so fucking well like so simple but so well done. Mm. Um I, I was happy to see the righteous. Uh, really, I, really, I fun, really, 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 really fun match as well. Like super super hard hitting. Like yeah. Stu got to like cry me up here a bit, which was nice. Yeah, um, there was a couple of times where I thought she was actually going to beat ELP. Yeah, because he was really dominant. <laughs> um, but he was I think really just, vicious, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I think it's just more kind of ELP, obviously being a baby face now that he's he's got to take actual it's a like redemption offense. tour, as they said. Yeah, um, but yeah, this was, this was really fun. Um, after a little while, well. Um, Stu hit the 450, didn't he? And that looked like it was the end. Um, ELP kicked out. And we got a little, uh, little shout-out to Jody Fleischbikes, Galloway. Yeah. 
There were some wild um, shouts on commentary. On oh my god, wasn't yeah. it though? It was mad. Um, yeah, Jody <laughs> Jody Fleischer uh, t- star tornado Top. DDT from a uh, trained enthusiast. Jody Fleischer. Yeah. <laughs> actual actual train. Um yeah, so he was on on mine and Troy's tube once, and it became a whole thing. <laughs> now it's um, weird. Mario lives on the train in, in, in all of our head cannon. Now, now in our head cannon, he's like just lives on, on train. Every train. <laughs> goes on trains on his days off for reasons, instead of like you know being a really good wrestler. Um, um, yeah, it's a fun it, match. Yeah, he got, got the win with some flippy shit, which was fun. Yeah, it was the Thunder Kiss '86, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah, fun fantastic. match. And then onto the pre-show main event, I guess you could call it. I mean, this was fucking cool. This was um, so it was United Empire, wasn't it? And, yeah. Which consisted of Carl Fletcher, Jeff Cobb, and TJP. I wonder why TJP is there. <laughs> why? Yeah. To eat pen. You what? Which did. To eat the pin, which you did. Yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, <laughs> and then it was um, Hiromu Takahashi, Shingo, and Bushi, correct? Yeah. Um, Bushi's Shingo, uh, Venom mask. Yeah, Sh- Sh- Bushi's mask, mask, uh, mask was incredible. Shingo just being there is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see Shingo do an actual crime on Will Osprey at Rev Pro. That's going to be so Are him and Kingston in the same G1 bracket? Yes. It? Yeah. So Ishii and Kingston are having a match in the G1, and so Shingo and Kingston, more importantly. Oh, good God. Takahashi looking like what I imagine Beholders look like now. That's just what they are to me. (laughs) They're just I I really like seeing Takahashi against bigger guys because you don't really see it often. Yeah. Because they kind of like just pigeonhole them as like the kind of final boss of the year. Takahashi versus Jeff Cobb was really fun. Like the little bits, the bits of that we got, that was that was really awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, match ended with Shingo absolutely when, annihilating TJP with a made in Japan. <laughs> when when are we getting um? When are we getting Takahashi versus Darby Allen? Do it next year, cowards! Oh god, um, yeah. Just also, put Darby, just, just put just put Darby in the best of juniors next year. Just just do that. Oh yes. I'm just looking at the. Uh, the notes on Fightful, Fightful apparently, LJ, Lij, um, the mo- like the kind of combo they did before, um, before like Shingo actually crammed the living shit out of TJP was called the War Crown. Um, oh, right, <laughs> love that. Yeah, um, Shingo that that made in Japan as well. He held TJP up there. Um, like I like him to. I likened it to being on Oblivion at Alton Towers and it breaking down on, like, the drop. His <laughs> TVP was just looking down, ready to get, like, murdered. He didn't know when it was coming. He just knew it was coming. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Shingo's great. So, yeah, really fun pre-show. Four matches, which is a lot of matches, but, hey, we've got a lot of guys, so whatever. Yeah. Um, also, on the post-match press conference thing, um, or, sorry, the post-show press conference, I should say, uh, Tony Khan said that because of this, um, Lij are challenging uh, the embassy for the ROH trios tag titles next week. Ooh. Oh yeah, so that'll be nice. Yeah, uh, and then right, we're kicking off Forbidden Door proper, and what a way to kick it off than with the Ace versus um, the Devil. 
Um, yeah. Hirish Tanahashi versus MJF. So, how we got to this match. Um, so, on Dynamite this week, MJF was still adamant that he wasn't going to show up. And yep. then it was announced that him and Adam Cole were going to be teaming together in the blind tag tournament because they're having beef about the, the title match and wants a rematch. And then Cole basically just kind of goaded him, didn't he, into accepting the match, saying that you, you knew, the only way to prove he was the best in the world was to, to take on Tanahashi and beat him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, t- the key thing here was he said, everyone's going to think you're a coward if you don't take on Tanahashi. And then that played into this match with Tanahashi then when MJF, like, tried to walk away and Tanahashi started the coward chance. And it was like, that's like kind of like MJF's trigger word to like make him like, yeah, s- like snap him basically like, well, fuck you. Um, but yeah, it was also as a result of that on uh, Rampage, there was meant to be Adam Cole versus Filthy Tom Lawler. Uh, unfortunately, Adam Cole had the flu. Um, and as like a precaution, he took him off the cards. Yeah. Um, so instead, which, Tom Lawler got the wrestle of Pentagon, which he still enjoyed, but it's not the same thing. Uh, apparently, they are going to attempt to do Tom Lawler versus Adam Cole eventually at some point, though. Oh, nice. That'd be good. And it's tiny shorts. There is that. It's tiny, tiny shorts. Um, uh, so, yeah, so MJF is Tanahashi. Here we go. Um, yeah. Fun match, I think. I think Tanahashi's maybe starting to show his age a tiny bit now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- this was this was done kind of like a very old school like. But yeah, like... I, th- I think I think the way they paced the match like really helped Tanahashi a lot. Like MGF was MGF is a really good guy for him to wrestle because he's not gonna like mm-hmm. he's not gonna put any strains on him like athletically or anything like that. Like keep mm-hmm. MGF's a fantastic wrestler, but to keep up with him is actually I mean, not that difficult. You, you say you say Tanahashi's showing his age like some of the matches he's had this year. Fucking hell! <laughs> like yeah. he's wrestled Speedball, he's wrestled Daniel Garcia, he wrestled Swerve on Collision. Yeah, but Swerve, 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 Swerve had to help him out a little bit on Collision, like, to be fair. Yeah, but they still, like, went 15, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, don't, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying, like, yeah, mm. I think Tanahashi has to wrestle a slightly more deliberate style now, a slightly more sort of slower pace. And I think MJF was a, a perfect guy for him to do that with. Yeah. Um, I think I think the whole thing with, like, the people Tanahashi faced this weekend was very much kind of, like, Protecting his sort of inadequacies a bit, because um, the the main the main talking point is obviously that both his knees are fucked, and you could see like yeah. when he tried to do when he did the sling blade, and he like barely left the floor. I was like, yeah, like Tanner, you don't need to do that anymore. Hey, look, as someone yeah. who works in the brewery, I can appreciate having bad knees. It's like I feel his pain literally. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, and I'm not and I'm not I'm not jumping up and down on like a I, hard canvas like ten times a night. So you know. Yeah, I thought this was a really good match, though. I did really enjoy it. Um, I I liked the fact that Tanahashi nearly beat MJF, and MJF had to like resort to the Dynamite Diamond. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I liked the fact that, like... Well, Tanahashi was working on his leg, wasn't he? And since the leg got injured, it was Dragon Screw O'Clock. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was kind of like as soon as uh, Tanahashi got MJF in the air, uh, like with the first Dragon Screw, and then MJF straight away went for like the shoulder breaker and like obviously straight on his knee, goes and holds his knee, and then Tanahashi just went away. Um but yeah, I thought this was a really good match. Um no complaints from me. I I, yeah. I like I like the fact that as I say, it was kind of like an old school sort of like old school heel versus just heel versus face title match. Obviously, MJF doing the uh doing the abdominal stretch and like grabbing the ropes for a great deal of match um 
try to chief at every can and cut corners every given chance he can. And yeah, it's all a really nice story. And it didn't go too long either, 14 minutes. Uh, this could have got a bit yeah. saggy and indulgent if it had dragged on too long, but I think they, they did a really good job of keeping it concise and keeping it and keeping it moving. And, uh, and it, at it, least... It, it, for, for what could have been a bit like bloated, it really hit the spot, I thought. I think it at really least... Like, Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I think at least like four minutes of that was probably them just kind of like showboating and doing like the whole like air guitar and, and MJF yeah. like walking out the ring and stuff like that. So... It as I say, it did a really good job of kind of like protecting the fact that Tanner's obviously a little bit older than MJF, slowing down a little bit. Um, it really yeah. plays into um, MJF's like I don't want to be here any longer than I have to be as well. Yeah, well, the the whole thing as well is obviously like MJF's like the the most despicable heel in AW that's mm. not from Chicago, um, and. Tanahashi's like the purest, like love and energy baby face in New Japan. Like he's like the shining beacon of hope. So to so to be able to kind of like have those two like literally like lawful good and chaotic evil against one another. It was just just a just a fun little match, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of fun little matches, next up then we had CM Punk versus the Breadman himself, Satoshi Kojima. Muffin v. Bread, who will win? Uh, this is the, <laughs> this is a first round match in the Owen Hart tournament on uh, the men's side. Um, I tell you what, though, if you want to say Kojima can fucking go, can he? Oh yeah, yeah. remember this match of Mox? Fucking awesome, so good. Yeah. Kojima's been like putting in the work in Noah the last like eighteen yeah, months as well. Um, yeah, he's awesome. I love Kojima. Um, yeah. also, I, I, I think. think... Punk naturally sort of leaned into being a bit of a heel here as well, which was quite nice. Well, yeah, like, so let's talk about Collision really quick, because obviously the main <laughs> event of that was um, CMFT Starks versus uh, versus the, the Bang Bang Gang. Um, and CM Punk got booed out of the fucking building. Yeah. No. I liked on his entrance when he went to do it this time and, and everyone like booed him. He just went, fuck you. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he's... Uh, so one thing I, I did see um, going around a few like news sites was apparently there is like a contingency plan based on if Punk gets booed outside of Chicago, what are we going to do? We're going to have to turn a meal. So there, there is a plan in place of how they're going to do that. Obviously, that they would kind of teasing like they're going towards Punk versus MJF which I don't see how they're going to do if both are heels but then I suppose MJF can kind of get like gets like cheered every now and again doesn't he anyway so just do it in Long Island it'll be fine yeah well it'll probably be in Chicago won't it yeah well yeah um yeah long story short um Bam Bam Gang beat CMFT FT Starks uh by juiced like murdering Ricky with a roll of quarters. <laughs> uh, Punk was looking at Ricky like it was his fault that he'd lost. So I, th- I personally think the, the finals prob- of the Owens probably going to be Starks versus Punk and Punk's going to turn on him. Um, and Ricky, once again, is the sacrificial lamb that we all need. Um, you, you'll die yeah, for us soon, that, it's fine. I love that during this match, um, Satoshi clearly got paid in bread. By Hangman to um... <laughs> stick, stick, stick a stiff punk as hard as possible. 
that that elbow dropped straight to the fucking plums. Um, <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, um, they this was a, I I really enjoyed this match as well. I thought it was really fun. It felt really um, old school, didn't it? And like, it's what you say what you will about CM Punk. Like, you can say what you want about his personality, about his, his ego. He's a student of the game. He knows wrestling yeah. history. He knows how to work matches of certain styles I, against certain wrestlers, and he, he he played this perfectly. I I think this was the um, this was the first time that CM Punk since coming back has felt like CM Punk. Yeah, in the ring, like in the FTR, this, in the FTR this, match. This is the first time that since CM Punk came back, that I didn't have like a sort of lingering sense of dread over the match. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I, I I think that Punk again lent into that heel characteristic perfectly in both think, the I, collision maybe, match maybe, and this. Maybe it was because he was leaning heel, but it's like right, I don't have to worry about the meta like thing here. I can just enjoy the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and as well, I love that. Like, it went from like Punk, like almost getting too up in his heel character at the end by doing press-ups. And then he's like, oh, shit, no, I've got to kind of give Satoshi his flowers, haven't I? <laughs> so he, like, drags him off, like... I was like, if he, yeah. if he, if he just gives him another GTS now, what yeah. shift gets. I was expecting that, you know. I really was. I, I thought he was going to, but I think, like, with Kojima and being, like, a kind of, like, living legend, it's... They, had, they had to give him some sort of respect, didn't they? Especially uh, as the entire a... crowd were in... shouting Anti- for him really bad. Yeah. Shout um, out to Kojima yeah. coming back as well. He, remember, he brought back memories for me of Mox's one-man like invasion of Japan. Uh. <laughs> um, there, there was a couple of cool things that Punk did as well, um, where he was doing like Mongolian chops, which uh, uh, Kojima's uh, old tag part on a Hiroshi Tenzan's move. Yeah. Uh, also, the Anaconda Vice, which is obviously Punk's submission ninja, mm. was created by Tenzan as well. So n- nice little thing there. Um, Punk's doing all yeah. this shit from Japanese wrestlers. Don't worry about it. Um, and yeah, like it, uh, there was a little bit as well where Punk started doing Hogan stuff and hit the leg drop, which yeah. got nuclear Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was a really fun match. I think CM Punk being heel is the most natural thing for him anyway. Like it, when he when he came back, it was always when's he just going to turn heel. It turned out he did it off off camera instead of on camera, but now <laughs> now he's back. He, he can actually like have a good heel run, and I think that will that will probably go a long way in kind of getting a lot of goodwill from fans back. Yeah, he has a really good heel run because that's what that's what got him so fucking over in the first place in WWE when he did that like the whole pipe bomb, and then he turned on um like t- aligned with Heyman, and everyone was like still cheering him but booing him because he was a heel. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. I think I think if he has this good run, obviously ignore the whole kind of Rama all the Lama. shit that's going outside because it it shouldn't it shouldn't get involved in storylines. Obviously, it, well, you know, not storylines with like the way fans feel about them. Obviously, it will. But at the same time, like ignore that. Just appreciate the work he's doing. I think you can't really go wrong with that because he's now leaning into the whole dislikable character yeah absolutely um right next up then uh, a match that i was very up i was really up for this one this was this was the match but i was maybe maybe not the most looking forward to but one that i've seen my eye on uh, this was orange Cassidy, danny garcia katia shabata and zach Sabre jr four away for the in- international title 
Yeah. And fuck me. Um, this match this, gave me everything I wanted. This was just, it was 11 minutes, only 11 minutes long, uh, but they put so much into this. It was insanity. I think this low-key might have been my favourite match of the night. I mean, mm-hmm. if not for like, one or two notable exceptions. Well, yeah, but like, even then, I think this is the one that I've kind of like got the most sort of like goodwill towards because the others were just like crime fests, whereas this was like just really cool. <laughs> this was certainly the, the the most sort of like fun spirited match of the night. Yeah, I think yeah. as well. Like other than other I than think... like the BTC and Elite match and um, Osprey and Omega, this was like the one where it really kind of like feathered storylines. Mm. Yeah. I think I think when you look back on the show and try, we'll talk about it maybe a little bit at the end. But I think when you're trying to pick your favorite match on the show, it's really going to come down to what sort of mood you're in and what sort of match you want. Because I I feel like this, this is a match I could just throw on though and forget about it and just like enjoy a comfort myself. match. Yeah, yeah, like a chicken soup match. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. actually Junior and Shibata. They work really well together, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got a few matches on New Japan World. Go watch them. Uh, they're they're very good. Um, and then there was a bit then where um, Cassidy and Shibata were just sat cross-legged in the rings, chopping the piss out of each other. What I enjoyed yeah. um, was the fact that like no one was really taking Garcia seriously. They were like, oh, you can fuck off. And then yeah. everybody else was like, fighting. <laughs> it's like, the, like ad- the adults are talking. Like, Yeah. I mean, uh, I suppose like the whole thing with that was as well, though, like all of them were champions except for Garcia, who was just there. Yeah. Because he he's kind of interjected himself in, um. Yeah, I I I, I love the finish of this as well, where um it was just it was really fluid. Garcia goes for a backslide on Saber, and then as Saber kicks out, Garcia hits a um, pile driver. Uh, upon like literally landing, it Shibata just like murders him with a fucking PK. Yeah, and then Orange just slides in, throws Shibata out the ring, and pins Garcia, which shows. Again, shows the desperation Orange is kind of showing to keep all that belt. Even, he didn't even like. It wasn't well, he, even the he, result of the. He, um, Orange punched Shibata, didn't he? And it did nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shibata like, oh, just well, no sold it because it was, it's like. It, it's not very effective. Yeah. yeah. Like using a normal move on a rock Pokemon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, after the match, then we got like a nice little exchange with with a. Uh, well, crucially, right before, like, right at the end of the match, uh, before like they held the belts up, Saxo Junior came out to Orange and was like, "We're not finished." Orange yeah, he, he intercepted the ref, didn't he, and took the belt. Yeah, and then he just threw it at Orange, like, "We're not finished, Orange bollocks." Um, <laughs> I I can see maybe I'm doing the, this at um, either Death Before Dishonor or I think you do eventually all in. Garcia versus Shibata at Death Put Us on it, and you can do this. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Orange are all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or may, well, because Zack Sabre Jr. has been defending the New Japan World title on um, Ring of Honor. Sorry, the New Japan World TV title, I should say, because that, that's confusing. On Ring of Honor, you could literally have them go, Orange, why don't you come to Ring of Honor and challenge me for this? Yeah, and then they could run they could run it back at all in for, the, for this title, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That'd be fucking lovely, wouldn't it? Um, next up then, um, Sonada versus Jack Perry. Right now, Jay, you want to talk about what happened on Rampage with Jungle Boy? Yeah, so um, Jungle Boy wrestled Doki on Rampage. Um, he was meant to have Hook in his corner, Hook no-shown. 
and everyone was like, "Oh, well, where's Hook? Why is why is Hook leaving his friend high and dry?" And because of this, Jungle Boy was acting a little bit more kind of heelish, a little bit more um, aggressive, a little bit more aggressive. He actually beat Doki with Sonada's skull and finisher as yeah. well, and that led to them having like a big stare down after the match and a lot of a uh, lot of babble. But the whole thing was, where was Hook? Because um, Taz Hook's called, not around, uh, won't you be asking where's Hook? Well, they so, asked Taz on commentary, and Taz was like, "Well, I don't know, do I?" I'm um, not his dad. Oh, wait to know I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He was like, he doesn't tell me what he's doing like every minute of the day. And they're like, oh, well, you thought because you're his dad, you might have had an idea. He was like, no. Um, Hook did come out with Jungle Boy in this match. Um, yeah. I thought this match was fine. I didn't think it was... I I thought it it didn't live up to what it could have been. I felt like it didn't have the time to really kind of like grow into into that kind of match that it could have been. I, I said on Discord, like, I wanted it to have, like, a big, mad last couple of minutes, which it just didn't quite get to. Yeah, it kind of just ended, didn't it, when Sonata hit I, the... I, uh, I, I wanted to have, like, an Akada five minutes at the end, but it just didn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I mean, it made the what happened afterwards um, work, though, because of Yeah, that. because it was essentially just, like, for Sonada, business as usual. And he was acting yeah. like going into the match, this is just going to be business as usual. Yeah, I mean, and so was... as well, all the covers that Sonada made were lackadaisical, mm-hmm. lazy covers. Including Every the single one. one of them. Yeah. Well, the, the moonsault isn't even his finisher. Like, yeah. It's, it, it's just like a sort of like homage to uh, great music because he trained them. But then, like, his finisher um, is the dead He didn't even do his new one, did he? Deadfall, no. Um, no. And, yeah, <laughs> as I say, business as usual for Sonata. He barely broke a sweat. There was a few few moments where Jungle Boy like looked like he was going to surprise him, but not in where you'd really think Sonata's title reign was in doubt. But the match kind of um, helped out both people. So for Sonata, it gave him like a big title defense in, on a big show, which was quite nice. And then for Jungle Boy, it gave him like a big like, sort of singles match to sort of hang his hat on and say, look, look at this, this is a match I had. Like, you know, yeah. I didn't win, but look, 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 look I wrestled Sonata. That's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then, following on from that, then. Yeah, uh, Hook is helping Jungle Boy up the ramp, um, and he holds uh, Jungle Boy's arm up in in the air, and Jungle Boy murders him with a lariat, like yeah. he just won, and Hook's like dead on the fucking stage, and and, and the FTW title's <laughs> like ten meters away from it's like gone fucking sliding off somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and then he just like look, picks it up, looks at it, and then throws it at Hook. And, and does the little um. Yeah. <laughs> the little entrance thing, the little hand. Thing. I. I don't think Taz knew about this. Because he reacted very like. <laughs> he was so mad. Genuinely he? like he did, upset did, about he, it. He did a swear on commentary. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I had to leave commentary afterwards. Like he he was that that distressed it. Did you see the picture I put on Discord as well? <laughs> of like Taz straight as that happened, where he took his glasses off and he was like, Yeah. Just <laughs> glaring a hole at Jungle Boy. He was like, Oh shit. Jungle Hook is fine. Um Yeah. So during Pride Month as well. Disgusting. So um yeah, Jungle Boy and Hook's probably gonna happen at all in, I guess. Yeah. He's gonna challenge him for the belt. Yeah, I think he's going to beat Hook. Yeah, so do I. Think I think it's going to be Hook's first defeat. 
when Christian comes out and helps him. Yeah. Comes and out there to then jungle, then jungle Boy gives Christian the, the FTW Championship. God. <laughs> Christian just carrying everything. Christian just belts. holding both. The real belt collector. Oh, no. Um, uh, right we're now, going, we're, are we going all, all the way back round to this again? <laughs> we'll move yeah, on Chris to the, the, the 10-man insanity. Um, Eddie Kingston. Well, first of all, we'll talk about the build-up. So I loved um, what we got at the end of Dynamite this week. Um, just before, oh, we had a card to come out. That was, that was sweet. We'll talk about that a little bit. But before that, like Eddie Kingston came out and like just Eddie Kingston the fuck all over the place. And it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. So he starts yeah. off by like he comes out in his wrestling gear and he's like, "Oh, hang on a sec, I want to put a shirt on." Uh, of course, I've surgery and I've been eating loads of ice cream, so I'm not like in top shape. <laughs> and then, um, and then he starts talking about like how, like he can't, he can't like get over Mox like siding with Claudio because he told Mox what type of guy Claudio is. And then Mox comes out and he's like, "Yo." It, it, that, it was a really cool promo for Mox, wasn't it? it? Was like if they stand behind you, protect them; if they stand beside you, honor them; if they stand up. With his stand in front of you, destroy them. Yeah, and it was like, oh, and Eddie and then... was like, Eddie was looking at him like, these aren't your words, like, yeah. like this isn't you. And then, like, Mox said something like, he was basically trying to say like, oh yeah, you've, you, you again, it's you, you've, you've done it to yourself. And Mox and Eddie was just like, after what? Tell me, after what? Say it, say it. Yeah. And then, like, and then, and then Eddie like... was so done. He was just fed <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, he's just like, he's like, I've had enough of this. Our partner's Ishii, and it's just like. <laughs> The, the the whole like the whole level of Eddie being like oh for fuck's sake with this was fantastic <laughs> um and then BCC interestingly BCC attacked Eddie Mox left the ring yeah and then Mox and Eddie, this, and, Mox and Eddie at this point still unwilling to come to blows with each other yeah and then um then Ishii came made the save again Mox didn't get involved at all like he no. just this is like, like the whole I, like um. This is one of these things again that AEW does great. That like Mox and Eddie went through so like Mox went through so much to get Eddie back from whatever brink he was when he first joined AEW. And now Eddie needs to do the same for Mox. So right, someone who's high up in AEW in the story, like in, in charge of like with power to change storylines. Someone in someone in like the, not the end of got writers room, but someone who has like creative input and NW watches a lot of anime, and it's Tony Khan. Probably. Okay. It's funny Kenny as well, but yeah, Kenny. I imagine. I imagine he sits like, him down when he's like tweaking, and he's like, well, "What's this, Tony? You'll feel better." <laughs> Will Will Washington's role is like a continuity manager, isn't he? Yeah. So essentially, he's like he's inputting how to make sure stuff like this is gonna stay within what they've already established in the I'd continuity. Love it if, he got, if, if he got to like his first like meeting or his first like day at work and he's like, right, here's 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 your, here's your job brief and it's just a piece of paper and he says make wrestling like Dragon Ball. Yeah, well, that's what I've just got this image now of Tony Khan, Will Washington and Kenny just sitting down, like watching just watching all of Dragon Ball now. That's what, <laughs> that's what happens. It is fit his first day of work, all he did was go and was go we've got BCC and the elite feud and Mox and it. Kenny have like had like wars against each other. Why haven't we run that back yet? Yeah. And then Tony Khan announced the fucking cage match. If we so, get an, if we get an episode of um Dynamite which is like Moxie versus Osprey for example and Moxie spends the entire ninety or two hours just powering up one V trigger. <laughs> you know we've truly we've, we've truly reached, hit the dragon we've ball thing. peak anime um, <laughs> but no, I mean 
So yeah, let's jump forward to this match. This was fucking sensational. That was brilliant. So good, wasn't it? I love, like, I love the came out of Mox's New Japan music. Yeah, yeah. That popped me so much. And like everyone, everyone all like BCC, like looking dead serious and shows because wearing his like white jacket with pink writing on. Oh, he, he's the um, he's the anime girl. That's what it is. I, I, he's I, the I cherry said, blossom. I, I said it this well, This this was the wrestling version of Barbie versus Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, um, that's one. This is the look at it. <laughs> but no, this, this is incredible. Happy son. Like, um, know, know the way you have the goth cousin. Yeah. Shows is like the opposite. Like, that's what it is. Uh, so it started off with something I didn't know I wanted, and that's Ishii and Takeshita just having just the stiffest match in the world. That was like an underlying thing as well. Like, I'd yeah, really like. It sort of weaved I, through a few times, didn't it? They, they came back to it a couple of times. So it started out with like Ishii, like being a bit too hard for Takeshita, but then it came back and like there was that bit like about halfway through where Takeshita just forearmed the shit out of Ishii and knocked him out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Takeshita came out this match looking like an absolute killer. This was, I think, the biggest. I mean, he's he's been put over quite big in AW since he's been around from the start. But this was this felt like his his coming out party. This match, like particularly, they they really gave yeah. him the they really gave him the the the, the, the rocky and let him run with it, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Even like when, um, like the match finished and he walked away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he felt like he felt like such a bigger like Threat. almost like he he didn't need BCC. Yeah, for lack um, of a better thing. Before, before we get into the, the sort of Eddie Kingston of this match, because I'm, I, I really want to talk about that. Um, I really, we've all seen this week's BTE, right? Yeah. Uh, when mm-hmm. uh, when the books ask Eddie to shave their eyebrows, like his. Oh, <laughs> that was brilliant. And then um, they're like they're all like like dead happy afterwards. They're like, oh yeah, it looks really cool. And then Eddie's like, right, we're done. Can we go and beat the fuck out of some people now? Yeah. <laughs> um. And it's like yeah. yeah. I like Eddie. to think they didn't even tell Eddie it was a bit for BT, you know, and that's just Eddie's <laughs> actual like, reaction to it. Eddie um, literally came out into this match like a man on a mission. And he Claudio had the final girl look from at the end of um, Anarchy in the Arena last year. He had that same look. Mm. Yeah. Um, Claudio kept like avoiding him as well, which obviously... Oh. Kissed Eddie off more, and then add to the fact that Mox then kept getting in his way between him and Claudio. Well, let's talk um, about the first Eddie Mox interaction, which is when they squared off right near the start. And mm-hmm. so Moxie tries to talk Eddie like down. He sort of tries, he says something to him, does he? And Eddie's like, nah, fuck him. And, no, don't believe him. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then they just well, they just chop the life out of each Ed- other. Eddie Eddie said to Mox like, move out the way. I want to like tag Claudio in. I want to beat the shit out of Claudio. And then I, as like the books are trying to like get Eddie to tag out and Eddie's trying to get Mox to tag Claudio in and Eddie turns around to like shout at the books as he should for like trying to get between him and Claudio and Mox just lamps him and then Eddie's like oh you fucked up oh you yeah. don't fuck up and then like yeah they just they were just chopping the shit out of each other and everything exploded around them while Mox <laughs> and Eddie were still chopping each other just stood like fucking- in the middle of the ring, like two trees having a fight, just like beating the yeah. shit out of each other. It was so good. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, eventually, Claudio and Eddie came to blows, and it was just brilliant. Every time they, uh, every paths. every time they crossed paths, it was brief enough that you were like, I can't wait for these two to face each other again. But it was like, yeah, tense enough that it was like, oh god, they're gonna kill each other. 
Um, yeah. I think if there was a way to get people in AEW to watch Ring of Honor, it's this. I think yeah. The, the yeah, I mean this this is obviously like the crux of it, but I think there's a there was a lot of stuff on this show, including oh. Ring of Honor people that would I kind understand of... that, but I mean like if you're like really sticking your heels in, which some people are, the, 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 on Twitter it seems that they're like, I just want to watch AEW. I don't really care much for Ring of yeah. Honor. Yeah, people are quick to write stuff off when they don't have yeah. like when they don't I know think... everyone necessarily. Exactly. I think this is a thing to bring you over to want to carry on this and fully appreciate everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can talk then a little bit later. Um, Hangman had a really awesome little spot as well where you hit that shooting star press off the open. Oh, my God. No. I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. <laughs> and then he came in and hit a top rope lariat on the Kester. I mean, every, everyone. The only person I think who didn't have like a really big moment in this match was probably Shooter. Um, no, he did. He had one. Um, oh, who was it that he was battering? Was him it and Ishii? Ishii? Him and Mox hit a heart attack onto um, onto uh, Matt Jackson, which was yes. nice. That was all. That was very nice. Yeah. Um, but he had a nice little thing with Ishii. She was there. Yeah, and then we'll yeah. talk about this. We'll talk about the second big Moxie Kingston moment, which was when Kingston. My heart broke. Pushed Moxley off the way of a double super kick from the books. That was like it was instinct, wasn't it? Because of that match they had. I, I think yeah, I think that was like meant to be like a flashback to like the the tag match they had. Yeah. Yeah. Just in, in um, like the middle of the melee, he was just like, "Oh shit, no, my partner!" And like, "Oh shit, no way, he ain't my partner." And then, well, well, even on BTE, like the books were like, "Oh yeah, we, we accidentally kicked Eddie. He tried to move. He, he pushed Mox out the way. He must have thought it was that match." Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. Um, there there was a. There was a great um, German suplex spot as well that Takeshita did on him. Um, well, there's two great German suplexes Takeshita did. There was the one where, oh no, sorry, one was you there. My bad. Um, mm-hmm. there, there was the the one where Takeshita did double the double German on both the young books. Yeah, yeah, which was insane. And then there was a uh, when Yuta reversed the book shot into that like huge German on Hangman. Was that, there, was that, there was that um, that deadlift suplex that um, oh the the one where well. the one where like he literally like flipped Hangman like right over yeah mm-hmm. Hangman landed um, on his face off a German suplex which was just... yeah um, yeah Sad and then he came and uh, came and sacrificed Jesus to the old gods uh, but before oh. that we had a, we had a King's Wrestling spot which I want to talk about we did we did Yuta and Claudio did the uh, swing drop kick yeah which made me real happy. Um, um, also, what one other thing? Chris Hero was agent agent in that show. Yes, he was backstage. So out. Chris Hero probably probably just like have a little chat with you, sir, and Claudio. Go, go on. hit one of the boys. Go on. <laughs> um, it now that Chris Hero's there and he said he's not retired, I'm just going to be fully expecting Chris Hero to join BCC soon. Yeah, like, I need the, I need just one more Kings Wrestling match. Just one. Just well, need one. Um... They might need a um, replacement for something that happened. Dan, maybe Danielson, yeah. Um, but point. yeah, then who who on the bingo card had Ishii just fucking eating you to soul for the for the finish? Well, for those <laughs> for those keeping count, it goes like Kenny Omega's down here, then Yusuke is there, then Ishii's there. Yeah. <laughs> and so Adam if, Cole, if, if... Adam Cole's beating Ishii, so Adam Cole's above Ishii, like at the top. So yeah, if 
if Yuta's pinned Kenny and now Ishii's pinned Yuta, that makes Ishii a better wrestler than Kenny Omega. Yeah, best belt machine. That's, that's, cool. hero, that's just actual um, science. That's just facts, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, it was great. Uh, Ishii but, to be in. fair, I'm, I'm sure Ishii's crammed Kenny in the G1 at some point. Probably, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ishii uh, basically just so the books like softened up Yuta, and then Ishii just came in like a lion and just like, right, you're injured, you'll do. And uh, <laughs> it's it with a massive lariat and then like a fucking ridiculous looking brain buster. Uh, yeah. Um, was that the one he was that the one he did off the top rope? Or did was that earlier in the match? What, the Is it not a delayed one? Like, no, this, yeah, he, this, this, this was like the sheer drop rainbow, so he does just on like, like for, for standing. Because mm-hmm. he, he hit he hit Yusa with one like off the top as well, didn't he, at one point? Yeah. Which yeah. wasn't <laughs> which so, evidently co- wasn't co- the finish. A couple, couple of little things post match to, to sort of highlight first the Kesta leaves without the BCC. He just leaves by himself. And he was shaking his head about it as well. He wasn't happy. Mm. Then Eddie Kingston is just angry at everybody. Except Ishii. He, he likes Ishii. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. He was screaming at the books and Hangman and then he gave Ishii a hug. Yeah, he's like, oh no, I like you. And then just gave him a big hug. And the books well, were like, all... we won. Like, they were so confused. Yeah, but they they got in the way of Eddie getting to Claudio. That's all that mattered to Eddie. <laughs> Those fuckers got in the way of Eddie getting Claudio. Um, Claudio got relatively unscathed from the match. Yeah, Eddie yeah. didn't get a chance to like crime him nearly enough. Oh, also um, we have to we have to point out as well at some point during this match after the, after Moxie had been chopped by Kingston loads, he nicked Des- uh, El Desperado's ice water on commentary and poured yes. on his chest. Despy was fucking fuming. <laughs> <laughs> and they mentioned Mox and Despy like during this um, match as well, didn't they? Yeah, they, they also did. mentioned the Kings of Wrestling when when that spot got hit as well. Yeah. They did. They did, um, which was great. Um, yeah, so uh, this match was incredible. Again, it, it's it's some of the elites are so good at, and and Moxie's so good at, and Eddie's so good at, which is just weaving these big like storyline moments, but also but also putting them into like really fun matches. I said on in, on the Discord um, that this didn't feel like a young bucks match; it felt like a BCC match, and then it immediately turned into a young bucks match. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think it was kind of like an amalgamation of everything, though. Like, because yeah. there was obviously aspects that were like more kind of like, like less, less young books and less BCC, and more kind of like Eddie oh, issues. Man. I mean, there were, there, were, there were a lot of things missing. There was no like bang for your buck. There was no indie indie taker. There was no melted drivers. There was none of that young books like showing off offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the the young bucks were essentially like sacrificial lambs who were just jumping on. If it felt more like it was like, oh, this is too, this is too fucking dangerous to piss about in. Like we can't, <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't. But even the books, like we can't take the piss here because we'll just get fucking murdered. Yeah, because I don't think, I think without with like Mox, Ishi, and um, Eddie, I think they get so intense with these types of matches. And Claudio, no room. Yeah, yeah, as well. Um, <laughs> and Kestra as well. Claudio like, uppercut the soul out with Nick Jackson at one point in this match. Oh my god! But like, there's no, there's no room for like things to be flying about everywhere all the time. No, like you know how the Kestra's always done that thing where he just knees people dead hard and that's his finisher. Like there was like three points in this match where he just forearmed somebody so hard it like hit the life out of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I love Takeshita. He's the it's, best. It's, there, there were so many like awesome moments in this match and so many like big moves and it was just yeah. But it, it, it never. I, I love those Young Wolf matches where it's like they do like the fucking flippy melted drivers and like the and everything. They and didn't need that though. I don't no. think like at all. And this, I, this, I think... this was everything. Everything in this match was enough. It was perfect. It was it was really mm-hmm. good. I think the whole kind of like overarching story of it is that BCC are kind of forcing them to be more like them. Yeah. Which is what yeah. which was what BCC's goal was in the beginning anyway. They wanted the elite to be more like the BCC. Yeah. Because they wanted, rather the elite they, they are just to, amateurs. They wanted, whereas to, get, when they wanted the, to get rid of that like that perceived like showboating weakness that the elite have, like that sort of preening yeah. like, you know. And that that's why the elite aren't doing all the uh, like kind of like showboaty stuff. They're just out and out brawling now because they realized that for the lives. Yeah, it, it's it's no longer about oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna have like the best match on the card. It's now we need we need to fight for our lives because BCC are gonna fuck us up otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, we'll move on then. Women's action. Um, Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale. So what I really like, I I love this match for a number of reasons. One, it was incredible. It was really really good fun. Mm-hmm. Two, after a match like that, you'd kind of expect like the next match to suffer a bit from like the crowd being a bit exhausted, like low energy. It turns out that the solution is I just send Willow out there. It's yeah. like she saw what Eddie was doing and went, hmm, interesting. But it's like if, you, if, you, <laughs> if, like, if you're expecting the crowd to be a bit deflated and like not really be up for the next match, just send Willow out there to make everyone smile and clap. And like, yeah. boom, there you go. Instant, instant crowd rejuvenation. And yeah. yeah, Willow just, Willow and Tony Storm beat their shit out of each other. Yeah, this wasn't super long either, was it? It was only about 10 minutes. No. Ten, t- 10 minutes, bang on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was. It was really fun. Um, didn't need to be as didn't need to be any longer than that. They just needed to go out, have a quick, as, as I say, a quick fun match to kind of keep the crowd invested in the show, because obviously we know what was coming after this, um, because they ran down how the card was going to play out at the start of the show, um, and yeah, I, I thought Willow looked like a star in this match. Um, Tony looked great, and it was really fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I enjoyed Willow just doing different versions of Death Valley drivers to kill Tony Storm. More than yeah. anything, like this again felt like a a spotlight for Willow, like a real like moment for her. Mm-hmm. Like if she, and, yeah. and it's which is which is insane because if if the winds had blown a different way, this would have not even been a match. This would have been Tony. It probably could have been Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Monet. Well, I think New Japan were probably trying to build up Julia versus uh, Mercedes for that Independence Day show, weren't they? Possibly, yeah. but she would, and, she would have been yeah, but she would have been the strong champion, which is the US based you know title. Um, it's a strong show on Independence Day, though. Right. Um, it's just in yeah, Japan. Uh, well, one thing to talk about from this afterwards. I mean, it's, it's a really fun match. Um, and Tony won by like nefarious means as well. She she used the ref as a shield. She gouged Willow in the eyes and then stormed zero her. So again, Willow like get, gets out of this with some, uh, you know, some credibility. And yeah, she she looks she looks fantastic. This match. Tony Storm continues to be possibly the most important women's pickup AEW have made in the last sort of twelve months. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like she is just ridiculously talented. Like she can just do anything. Like it's it's insanity. They, these two have really good chemistry as well um, and yeah it, as you say it was a really good spotlight for Willow I think I think as well one thing it really helped in doing was obviously because a lot of like the new Japan fans in Japan are going to be very unfamiliar with Willow because yeah. 
I think it was her first like new it was like a New Japan debut when she won the Strong Women's Championship. Yeah. Which, yeah they'll, they'll, they'll was, know all about her when she pounces <laughs> fucking Julia into the sea. Don't worry, mate. Which yeah. was in no way a uh, um, belt that was created for Mercedes Monet. Um, <laughs> but no, after, well, after the match, yeah, after well, at the at the um, Stardom show, wasn't it? Julia called out Willow. That was that was that morning of the yeah. morning of the door, yeah. So Willow um, responded after the match and basically said, "Yeah, <laughs> let's do it." Yeah, um, I can't wait for that. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, right, let's not stand on ceremony. Next match. Will Ospreay versus Kenny Bad God Omega, the best part machine, oh the God. cleaner as he was announced. So just just for um at the at the risk of kind of like blowing a load of smoke up this match's ass already. By full uh I've put an article up saying was this the greatest match of all time? I mean um, you could certainly make that argument, it's I think. Definitely, it's definitely up there, isn't it? It's in the conversation. Yeah. Um, so me, me and you, Tasty, were having a little chat before we started this. Do we think it was better than the first one? Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose that question to both of you. Do you think it was better than the first one? I think it was better, but does it make sense if I say I think it was better, but I enjoyed the first one more? Yeah, because I, I was, I'm kind of on like that sort of like boat myself i think i think i enjoyed the first one more because it was shocking because it was yeah. literally kenny going into new japan and murdering will osprey yeah and then walking out like barely breaking a sweat yeah so yeah Whereas the this... first like you say that the first one felt like a huge moment because it was just kenny just criming will osprey this one i think told a better story throughout the match yeah yeah i think there was times like the stuff with um the kind of like armed security and that, which were a little bit more. It was a bit but... strange. Well, well, let's call them what they were. They were they were the Goombas from the Super Mario Bros. movie from the live action. But also, um, I think they were like they were there to put Osprey's thing at risk because of Don, because they were like, if Don's being sent out and comes mm. back in, oh, he's gonna disqualify Osprey. So it was like mm. it was to add that sense of urgency that Don could not only be everything that Kenny said he was, but to be that for Osprey, like, like to like put Osprey at risk. There was there was a great moment as well. So Don did come back, which is kind of a bit weird, but yeah. we're not going to worry about that. Um, and he was like sort of grabbing Osprey to like sort of protect him from Kenny. And Kenny was like, no, I know what you're like. As soon as I go to hit him, you'll move. And he did. <laughs> he just like annihilated yeah. Yeah. Osprey with a V-trigger. But, but it did then play into Don like, because the referee obviously then like trying to eject him again. Don like grabs the ref and like gives Osprey the uh, screwdriver. the screwdriver, yeah. which he then uses on Kenny as Kenny goes to the one winged angel. Um, that was that yeah, was yeah. a mo- that that was an actual moment. Like time stopped. Like that three count. Yeah. Like so, he hits him with a screwdriver when he goes to the winged angel. Then he hits him with a hidden blade. Then you hit him with a stormbreaker, and then at three two point nine 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 recurring. Kenny put his toe on the bottom rope. Yeah. Yeah, and the storm breaker. And he kicked out like, at like 0.1 of that winged angel as well. Oh, yeah, then he hit one with the winged angel <laughs> yeah. and he just kicked out immediately. It was just like, nope. Yeah. And then, um, and then, and then it, as if the match it, wasn't already fantastic, well, it went into like seventh gear from that point on. Yeah, just to kind of as well, um, one thing that's kind of going, not unnoticed, but it's not been like touched on enough, um, 
because the commentary called it a V-trigger when it wasn't. It was a Gamagoye, which is yeah. Kota Ibushi's finisher. Well, he won, yeah. he won, he won the match, didn't he? Obviously with the Angel, but before that, at Wrestle Kingdom as well, he hit it then as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but commentary almost deliberately didn't pick up on the fact that it's Kota Ibushi's finisher that he hit. Um, yeah. but Twitter and fucking read the shortest shit. Did. <laughs> so it's a Tumblr, just like he is now. Tumblr on that What's the view from Tumblr on this one? Um, it's like, yeah, it, you don't want to know. I'm just gonna <laughs> leave mean, it at that. It could go unsaid that Tumblr would have because let's face it, it's Tumblr. Yeah. I, I know, I know the kind of people that keep that platform going, and it upsets me. Um. <laughs> but yeah, just a couple. I mean, a couple of things to talk about. So early in this match, um, Osprey gets busted open. No, Kenny gets busted <laughs> open first. Sorry. Kenny gets busted open because Osprey because, was like, "Remember what happened. Remember what you did so while Osprey, he was hitting he- Kenny's head." Yeah, Osprey just rams the, Kenny through the announce table head first, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. But then later on, Kenny hits uh, a hellacious DDT on the side of the steel steps. What I loved well, first. That though. wasn't even what bust him open. That like it was just him slamming his head into the steps that bust him open. Yeah. Yeah. What was brilliant is that he was making Will look at himself like in the reflection of the stairs. Yeah. Before he slammed his head into it. It was it was fantastic. Mm. And it, that, DD, that it, DDT was just a fucking crime. Um Yeah. It was it was literally like um Osprey had kind of like ramped up that aggression that Kenny obviously had in the first match. And then... He'd been a piece of shit to some kids as well. He hung yeah, and Kenny Ken- hung him with the Canadian flag. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was like a, a switch flip for Kenny and Kenny was like, hang on, I murdered this guy last time he wrestled. What's going on here? And just like yeah. went into like full like killer, like cleaner mode. Cleaner mode, uh, yeah. Yeah, obviously then um, Osprey, as we said, goes for the one-winged angel. Kenny kicks out at one. Um, after he kicks out after the screwdriver as well. Yeah. And then um, Kenny hit Kreutz's wrath, which he hasn't hit for fucking ages, which will pop me like a motherfucker. Um, when he like he went for the woman, the angel Osprey was fighting out, he dropped it and it hit like that sort of like hanging German suplex. Yeah. Um, and then there was a really cool spot where like Osprey reversed. I think it was Kenny going for a V-trigger. Osprey reversed it into a hidden blade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then murdered Kenny with a target drive in 91, which uh, Fightful Selective just put an update on that. Both men are uninjured, thank fuck. Um, well, he said that on the press conference, didn't he? Kenny said, like, said he didn't know. He, he, wouldn't, he didn't want to answer because it was basically like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Did you see I what, don't want um, to say unless Daniel like, said. Oh, did you see what Emil put on uh, Twitter after that? No. <laughs> yeah. What? He said basically, "How dare two wrestlers try and do a dangerous move on a match without asking every member of the audience whether or not they'd be offended by it first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I popped like a motherfucker and then also like nearly did the sit because it was both <laughs> awesome. It, and it was both horrific. awesome and and really harrowing at the same time. Yeah, you, um, it's like you almost got like all of those anxieties from when Kenny first wrestled all came back at once. Yeah, it's like remember like remember like eight months ago when we were like afraid that Kenny was going to snap in half, and now here he is getting dropped on his neck, and we're like, yes, more. <laughs> it's like what the fuck and happened to like, us? Like literally, he landed on top of his head. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and then Osprey crimed Kenny with a, hit, a hidden blade and a Stormbreaker to pick up the win. Um, after all that, and that's after he kicked out the tiger driver, by the way. Yeah, he yeah. kicked out the tiger driver. Might we add? Um, but yeah, um, fight just uh, as an update that fight book said that uh, both men were relatively unscathed, except um, for Will who lost like all of his blood. Everywhere. Except for Will, who'd lost, said he lost a pint of blood. They're talking, um, up, they're talking up with um, dark fruits and Nando's hot sauce, as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he did seem a little bit woozy on the press conference. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, Tony was like, oh yeah, I thought it was because you lost a lot of blood. He's like, no, no, just from having a 40 minute match. But yeah, like literally, I think 40 minutes. They him brief four, the wrestlers afterwards and be like, we were fighting afterwards and be like, do you mind just rolling around in his blood? No sound. Good. <laughs> Fine. Um, but it was still on the ring. I think they changed the canvas, didn't they? Because the canvas was like... No, no, no. It was still cam- on the... Um... They changed the canvas. It was on the... Uh, it was on the steps. steps. Yeah, from... Um, they changed... It, it, they changed... Danielson. Yeah, they changed the they changed the canvas during uh, the entrance of someone. Jericho would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or Suzuki because Kaze and Inene hit him while, uh, while they're just like, sweeping the Osprey's blood up <laughs> just like... good old good old mayor the granddad um, should we talk about that because this was this was a match that happened um, yeah, so let's say it was fine did exactly what it needed to do yeah uh, um, I, liked, I liked a couple of things here I, one I really respected Naito's entrance gear he must have been fucking roasting yeah Mm-hmm. He came out in like his full ring gear, which was a t-shirt and like shorts with a suit yeah. on top, and like yeah. no one say a suit. It was like a waistcoat, a suit jacket, a shirt, and, and a cloak, pants. and a cloak, massive like, cloak. He looked like he looked like a yeah. bad guy from Bayonetta. It was great. <laughs> it, it, his entrance music's literally like boss music from like a Final Fantasy fighters, and yeah, uh, and like, they rang the bell and he was still taking his shirt. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, he's like he's like ringing the bell. He's like motherfucker. I'm I'm having to unbutton this embroidered dress shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, but the match itself was fun. Um, it was it was it, it was really quite messy, and it was it was like a little bit. It was remember like we're back in that position, isn't it? We're like in between like the, the the two main events. You just have his sting doing some nonsense for like five ten minutes, and it's all yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean. We we can now take take off our bucket list Sting and Minoru Suzuki wrestling each other. I never thought yeah. I'd see that, and here we are. And I yeah, never ever thought I'd see that in a million years, and here we are. Um, yeah. And now we've got Sting and Jericho going through a feud, which is something I'm actually really into. Because I liked I liked the bit at the start where like Suzuki and Sting looked like they were going to get it on, and then like Sting ta- Suzuki tagged Jericho, and Jericho was like, "Yeah, let's go." But then he sort of backed Sting around, so he was facing away from Suzuki, and then Suzuki just blindsided him. Yeah. Um. I like, I like the fact that every time, like there was like a, everyone in the ring fighting Suzuki went straight to see to Sting, and it was it made me feel like even if Jericho was like, oh yeah, I need to be the one going after Sting because we're going to start a feud, he's not going to argue with Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, um, Suzuki, Suzuki, Suzuki does what Suzuki wants. Suzuki battering Darby around for a bit was fun as well. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed um, that. The- there was a scary spot where Sammy went for the uh, the like diving quarter and landed on like the back of Sting's neck. Yeah, which looked awful. Um, thankfully, what Sting was, when he did the when he did the six eight to the table and like Sting's sort of half moved off, but like yeah, um, that must have sucked. Um, they posed in the ring and like Sammy's teeth were like covered in blood. Yeah, yeah, 
Uh, I, um, I like those moments I really liked. Um, I can't remember who was pinning. Someone was pinning Naito. It might have been Jericho. And while the ping was happening, like Sting was just like crawling to his own corner. He could have broke the pin up. He was like, nah, I'm too fucking done for this. Like, just running. Yeah. He was like crawling away from the pin count. It was like, come on, mate. If you can break it up, it's right there. Yeah. Um, the, the finish of this was pretty cool, though. Like, Sting and Naito hit like a sort of like double team move. And then Naito like followed through with like into a pin from it. Yeah, uh, so so like Naito hit an atomic drop and Sting hit like a running lariat and then Naito did like a, a sort of dive and like sort of roll up. Yeah. Um we almost got Destino, not quite. Yeah. Jericho blocked it. Little shit. Um Darby doing one. the dive and then um Chris Jericho immediately drew it's an effect him as well. Oh yeah, that so he, he did that awesome. That he did an so awesome dive good. on Suzuki and then he did another one on Jer. Well, I think it was it was it was impressive, but I think it was more impressive that Darby basically managed to dive on Jericho's elbow than Jericho like timing it perfectly because Jericho didn't yeah. really spin; he just sort of stood there and put his elbow up, and like Darby like, jumped into it. Yeah, but no, that, that was um, that was excellent. Um, but yeah, and after the match, um, Jericho hits Naito with the bat, but then Sting takes it off him and like knocks Jericho out the ring with it. So yeah, obviously that's going to carry on, isn't it? So. Well, yeah, um, it got announced for Dynamite this week on the press conference. Um, oh, yeah, Jericho basement. came out, didn't he, and started like, swinging his bat around. <laughs> Jericho and came out. Yeah, hit a water bottle at a journalist. Tony, <laughs> Tony Khan looked Tony Khan freaked out. He was like, Chris, that was unnecessary, Chris. <laughs> Can we have one press conference with somebody throwing something at somebody else? It was so good, though. Jericho thought he was in fucking Japan. It's <laughs> um, like throwing shit at journalists where you get away with it. These are American journalists, Chris. They, they just do podcasts. <laughs> they will soon. No, ge- genuinely, like Tony Khan, like got like got like someone All to go and check on the person. No, you got someone to check on the journalists. Like, I'll get someone to come check on you, and they're like, "I'm fine." Like it was like a half-empty water bottle, and Jericho would just like hit it with the bat, and it like hit the foot. Here's something I only found out this week. She got water bottles. So apparently Moxie autographs the water bottles he throws into the crowd before his matches. That's pretty cool. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so sure. If, so I'm if you sure get like, with a full bottle of water by Moxie, at least you've got an autograph to go with it. I, I'm I'm sure now you've just said that on the podcast. Anyone who's listening who's going to all out all in isn't gonna fight us for a water bottle now if it comes our way. <laughs> if Moxie can throw onto the onto this first deck, mate, I'd be fucking impressed. Mate, I Mox would is probably like walking to see out someone on the fight me deck. for a water bottle. <laughs> Mo- uh, Mox, is, Mox is legitimately probably going to walk out on that bit. Oh. Reckon. Yeah. Um, right. me, like, just assume I'm dead. Probably having a 20-minute entrance, mate. Yeah. <laughs> he comes out, he just can't get to the ring. He's like, oh, fuck, I have to go back down the stairs, like, yeah. back around. <laughs> um, anyway. With that uh, bit of spinal tap, but he can't find the stage. Enough of this fucking nonsense. Let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about oh it. Oh my god! So first um, of all, two of possibly the best entrances I've ever seen. So here's the thing, right? I went into this match doubting my prediction. Okay, I, I didn't and I said this to you, Jay. My prediction. I didn't, <laughs> and I said this to you, and then he fucking came out to the final countdown, and I was like, he's not losing this. Yeah, as soon as he comes to the final <laughs> countdown. I was just thinking, Tony Khan's paid a fuck ton of money for Daniels and so into this. He's probably winning, so he can at least, at least, it's getting played after the match. He said it um, was. Um, he said it was basically. Um, first of all, he said it was one off. It was a it was wrestler contract money. It's in perpetuity, that's so they, they can use it on repeats and they can use it on like video clips, but they can only use it for this match. Uh, so that's basically that's just another member of the dark order getting released in a couple of months, isn't it? So, 
well, Fuego's just gone, hasn't he? Um, yeah. They were like, sorry, no reason they've why. Just, they've just released Fuego. Um, it's, it's totally spending that Fuego money already. Just like... And the Fuego 2 money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in, interestingly... They, they, about... also to, they also quietly, we didn't know this, they released Infinito as well. Oh, not Infinito. Um, yeah, we'll never see him again. No. Um, yeah, uh, one, one thing that... Um, that was very cool. This was that obviously the fans like knew exactly what was going on with Danielson's entrance. As soon as like the first bars of Final Countdown hit, yeah, like, everyone, as soon as the... fucking nuts. I I was like falling asleep like during like the the build up video to this match. I was like mm-hmm. really struggling, and as soon as I heard that first note, I shot up like a fucking <laughs> like a fucking undertaker. I was like, what? <laughs> um, also. This was the first time I've ever heard crowd shout to Danielson so loudly. You're gonna get your fucking head kicked in. Well, that that was what he was trying to get going in, um, in the MJF match. Yeah. And wherever, wherever they did fucking revolution, just left aside that. Yeah. Um, can we can we also but, just appreciate as well? Did anyone clock the look on Danielson's face when he got onto the turnbuckle and like? Stuck his hands in the air and like the the chorus of Final Countdown kicked in. He just had the biggest smile on his face. It was like this is he, this is like this is like a lifelong dream. This is Brian Danielson as his as his like twenty five year old Ring of Honor self, like in front of twenty thousand people about to wrestle one of the best wrestlers in the world. He said them. Um, he said like he was in a really bad mood before he like left the ring. He was like so, something completely unrelated to wrestling. I was just I was just annoyed about something. And uh, he said, as soon as I heard the first note, the final countdown, I was like grinning like an idiot when I came out. <laughs> um, it's just great to see him like get to have that. Like he's been the best wrestler in the world for so long, and he's been one of the best wrestlers yeah. of all time. And like, but he's never really had that. I mean, he's had his he's had his WWE moments, obviously, but like he's never had he's never had that sort of like maybe like, WrestleMania move. Vin- yeah, but he's never had that sort of vindication of his indie career, and this that's what this felt like. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um. And yeah, like he said, he said a really like poignant thing on the um, on the press conference as well, where he was like, you saw him about his dad and like said, um, oh yeah, like when when we were growing up, we like come from like a really poor area, um, and like my dad really struggled to like kind of like was basically dad a massive alcoholic, wasn't he? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he um, spoke about that like. Um, on a podcast with Renee when they did like after he left during the AEW, he talked about Regal and stuff like that, and about how like he Regal helped him learn to love his dad as he was. Mm. Um, but his dad had really bad alcohol problem. He said like of like obviously like they were really poor and that like growing up, and he was like so for this guy to come out and have it literally raining money, and it took me back to my child. I was like I'm gonna fucking kill this man. Yeah, <laughs> he looks so unamused with like the with the dot with the Okada dollars. Like he was just brushing them aside. He wasn't even picking them up. Like he didn't want them on him. It was great. I love I love Bryce uh, when he was like trying to like clear them out the ringy pockets of the one. <laughs> I caught on camera. That was a nice. Bryce, thing. I'm sorry for Bryce as well. And fucking Bryce Remsberg from Chikara gets to make gets to referee this match in the main event of the yeah. Like it's, it's Matthew just... has an Okada dollar. 
You got one. Um... I've got an Accorda dollar. No, I've got a Virgil dollar. Never mind. That's much, yeah. much worse. <laughs> it's 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 more valuable than an Accorda dollar. Um, <laughs> I think I've got a Matt Hardy dollar as well. Nice. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, th- this uh, this match for me, um, it, I I, th- I think a lot of people were kind of not not been critical of it but like said it didn't live up to the hype as much because it followed Omega Os- Osprey I disagree I think this was fucking fantastic so I thought it was am- amazing I think it was deliberately a very different type of match because they knew yeah. it was going to go on after Omega Osprey they didn't try to do that they had so Omega Osprey was just like the it- breath Omega Osprey was more like a breathless sort of big moves all the time wasn't it this was much more of like a technical showpiece yeah. Oh, it was, it was Danielson trying to wrestle rings around the card. Yeah. And sh- like just showcase why he's a better wrestler. And Okada which... just being like, yeah, but I can drop kick you really hard. And Okada hitting drop kicks every now and again, and then them having loads of chops and strikes. Um, I, I thought that both men had a lot of really great chemistry. Um, obviously, there was, um, unfortunately, an injury to Danielson, which affected the last sort of 10 minutes of the match, but it didn't necessarily negatively affected, I don't think. I think it no, played... No, what had negatively affected it was that seizure spot, which gave well, him fucking he, fear. He did that. Obviously, it's like, it, was, it, was, it wasn't the best idea. But um, he did that to basically get the doctor in and say, I think I broke the arm. Oh. Like, that, that's why he did it. Um, oh. Because obviously, obviously, a car that hit the elbow broke his arm because he landed on his arm. And then straight away, Danielson was trying to get away from Okada. And he thought, how, how can I get the doctor in? And how can I get Okada away from me for a few seconds to kind of get me to just relay to them, to then relay to Okada? That broke my arm. So that's why he did that spot. But obviously, oh, okay. was, obviously at the time, it was fucking terrifying because he's a guy who's got a history of having seizures. Yeah. Oh. Um, so at the time it was horrific, but then when I watched it back and I saw uh, this afternoon, I saw it. I was like, I was looking at it because like a car that hits the elbow and lands it on was his the arm. The tombstone wasn't it like that? Where you started doing the scene no. first? No, he did. Well, he did the tombstone. I think he was just selling on that. Yeah, like he where he was just like sort of like twitching. But then when a car that brought him into the ring and hit the elbow, his arm was like lying out to his side so a card like landed on his arm yeah. um, and then he did the whole seizure thing to basically get the doctor in the ring to say I've broken my arm what was brilliant as well is that it did play into like Danielson being a fucking piece of shit well yeah I mean if anyone can get away with doing something like that it's fucking Danielson because it's yeah. the kind of like conniving thing he'd do Um. But yeah, as I said just before that, uh, there was Danielson was doing the kicks on like the sort of stage. Akada hit the tombstone on the ramp, um, and then after the the arm break spot, um, obviously then Dan Danielson um, kicked him. Kicked kind of like yeah, yeah, had to kind of like do everything with one arm, <laughs> um. There was a bit where he instinctually as well, like, forearmed the car with the arm that he'd injured. 
yeah. and you can just see him just grab it and scream and it was like Jesus Danielson um, what I but, love um, is that now he can say though he wrestled, he beat Kazuchika Okada with one arm oh yeah he's, he's going to melt the shit out of it um, he, he was quite funny in the um, press conference when he was talking about it because they were like oh yeah you said you wouldn't, wouldn't do the yes again out of respect for WWE and he was like I just broke my arm. I needed something to keep the crowd on board, so I <laughs> yeah. just started doing the yeses. Um, um, just a just a bit of fun fact for you. Uh, that's the first time a card has tapped out in eight years. Yeah, um, Shinsuke Nakamura, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. in the G one. Uh, yeah. So, um, Danielson goes for the label lock. Well, first of all, a card hit him with a rainmaker, and Danielson kicked out just after won. like. Evading loads as well. Yeah. Um, just one rainmaker. And then, yeah, then Danielson um, kicks a car this fucking head in, as he promised. And then he go he goes for he goes for the uh, label lock, and obviously because of his arm, he can't lock it in. So, in what was what made it more impressive, I thought, was he transitioned the label lock into an Uma Plata, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's where you essentially use your legs to sort of like basically like grapevine their arms apart mm-hmm. the wrong way um, as far as they'll go so we did that to Okada and Okada had to tap um, and, and yeah the cattle mutilation for what felt like the first time in forever yeah yeah he, he won with it didn't he um, was it Nick Jackson he beat with it yeah but other than that he hadn't like he hadn't doesn't use it that often. He just busted out every now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the fact that he used the human Palata for the finish made it feel all the more kind of brutal. Because um, as well, a car that kept getting out of the label lock, so it was it was like another kind of like wrinkle to it, where it was like Danielson can't use his arm. A car that keeps getting out of the label lock because Danielson can't use his arm. <laughs> Because I like, literally, it he was felt like he was trying to pull them apart by the end of it, didn't it? Like, well, at one point, he was, he, was trying to put, to he, was, he was trying to put the bell lock on at the end with a broken arm, and he was just trying to just, like use his like broken arm as like just a, a prop, basically, wasn't he? To like sort of, yeah, <laughs> he, <laughs> it was... instead of instead of like holding it like in a butcher's grip with his hands, he was like holding it up like his upper upper forearm, like close to his elbow mm-hmm. to essentially keep his arm in place. And then when he realized that wasn't happening, because there's one point where like. He was using both his legs and he was using his head to try and like just add torque to Akada's arms mm-hmm. until until Akada tapped out. Um Danielson did as well, kind of like allude to the fact we're probably getting a rematch. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he was gonna end him, didn't he? Breaking his arms. He, he, yeah, he, he said he said in the press conference, he broke my fucking arm. I want a rematch so I can break his. <laughs> <laughs> So, I love that that's the thing as well. It's not, oh, no, we need to decide who it is. It's like, no, I also need to just destroy, you know? like. And, yeah, that's... If we get a trilogy of Danielson and Carter, that's fucking awesome. Um, Danielson is, as we said, he's he fractured his forearm, or he thinks he has anyway. He's the, that's what the general consensus was. Yeah. Uh, the doctors said he should be out six to eight weeks, so it's not horrific. He will touch wood, be back for all in. Um, I, I just have him, him on commentary, like for now. Again, yeah, they can always yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, yeah they can do that. That's fine. Well, uh, he he got he said he um he got like a 
a litany of injuries in the um the Ironman match. And that's why he's, yeah. he's not had a proper wrestling match since the Ironman match up until Okada because he wanted to make sure he was fit for it. And that I obviously did very limited things in Anarchy in the Arena. He pretty much was just kicking people and that was it. Um and yeah, he, he said I think he said he had the torn um labrum and something else. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 in the wars. <laughs> but yeah, ho- hopefully the the fact that he's gonna be taking like essentially two months off to recover, you'd think for all it because he, he he said he got asked by an English journalist on on the press conference, will you be at all in? He's like, I wouldn't miss it. Oh, fair. Um, yeah, I- interestingly as well, he got asked about um, about working like for New Japan and other indies, like doing the G1. He was like, I'm, he was like, because of what I do in AW, like the amount of work, I'm so integral to it now. Like I couldn't, like I, li- I literally, I, I so want to try and make, well, he, he said, it, it was his choice. He said, I want to try and make AW the best I can make it. So, as much as I'd love to do all that, I'd I'd rather like give my time to this instead. And there's always going to be time for matches like this at Forbidden Door. Like you can always bring someone over and have him go out. Just have him rock up at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. No, oh, I'd like that. Have him show up at Wrestle Kingdom. Who's someone that we'd like to see him wrestle? Um, Shibata. I mean, yeah, but they'll probably do Shibata and Danielson Ring of Honor just because. Why not? Mm. Uh, Rich, um, can we um should we sort of like try and wrap this up and like sort of yeah. sort of sort of think about the show as a whole? Um, obviously, this is going to draw so many fucking stars in it. Like you know, yeah. Um, it wasn't hurt by the so. fact that Adam Cole wasn't on this card either. I I think if anything, the show kind of benefited from it because yeah, it got more time. They, they were able yeah. to give a few other things a bit more time. Um. I, I thought this was brilliant. I genuinely yeah. think this was one of the best shows AEW's ever put on. Yeah, um, it was it was phenomenal. Like, I mean, you look at the card and you think like something has to go seriously wrong here for this not to be like what an all time pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I seriously like. There's three matches on this card that went into my matches of the year list, which we're recording like in a couple, like two weeks time, and I need to whittle down to like. Ten matches somehow, which I haven't even thought about that yet. And like oh, that's that's next week's like crisis. Um, well, thankfully Troy's on holiday when we normally would have recorded it, so that's all right. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> it just to to be honest, I might just make a I might just try and make a series out of it to like give us a bit of leeway with that one. Um, that that's a discussion for outside of the, the actual recording now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So do you want to give this a should we go around and give it a mark out of 10 for the whole show? Uh, Faye, do you want to start? Nine and a half. Not until we're perfect. I can't. It, it didn't have a bushy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, Jay? So I'm I'm going to do it this way. I'm comparing it to All Out uh, 21, was it? 21, was it? Yeah. That was the, that was the amazing one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Which I would have given a ten out of ten, even though it had QT Marshall versus Paul White on. But don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> I think this was a solid nine. I don't think it was better than all. Hang out, on, hang on. Are you saying that Christian versus I, Kenny Omega is a better main event than Kazushika Okada versus Brian Danielson? Motherfucker, <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Um. The reasoning behind it 
is because All Out was awesome because it had so many cool like surprises throughout the show and stuff like that. And there wasn't everything. one debut on this. There wasn't one debut. There wasn't a surprise return or anything like that. But they both um, did have Minoru Suzuki. They both didn't have Minoru Suzuki. Um, but also, like, with the structure as well, like, there was a few things that I felt like could have gone longer, like Sonata and Jungle Boy, for example. Um, and there's a few things that, as we like, kind of, like, elaborated on, went a little bit long. You know what um, I would have liked? Um... For them to do like a backstage thing of um, Jungle Boy and Jungle Boy then, rather than it being like after the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um, I would have liked Jungle Boy to have been on the press conference, but we didn't get that probably because he's hiding from Taz. Um, yeah, <laughs> get Taz on the press well, conference instead. Yeah, I, I think I think as far as like match by match by match goes, like. Obviously, this was probably the better show. But as far as like other things around that storyline, keep me interested within the with it like between matches. That's why I'm saying that all out all out twenty one was better than this. But that's no that's certainly no like slight on this. It's still nine out of ten. Fair. What, um... what do you go? I think you're dead wrong. Well, not dead wrong. I, I disagree. Um, I think this was as good as, if not better than All Out 21. Um, okay. Because and I think as wrestling fans, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, we all do it when we're shows, I think we overvalue the big surprise pop. Mm. And what really is more fun, like 90 seconds of Adam Cole turning up or 40 minutes of Kenny and Will Ospreay doing fucking walk rounds to each other. I mean, we we've got like similar sort of thing with the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros on on all in. On yeah, all out, sorry. I I would say this was as good as. So I yeah, I, would, yeah. I, I would give this a perfect ten. Okay. I don't think I don't think yeah. there was a weak match on the card. Uh, there were legitimately three match of the year contenders Wait, on here. Thinking about it, I'm I'm thinking I'm probably gonna bump mine up to nine point five because I think not like taking an entire like mark off because of like back lack of like stuff around matches is a bit fucking much. All I'm going to say is before you go to bed tonight, go to your curtain, take a look out into the night sky. You won't see no motherfucking stars because Dave Meltzer's giving them all to this fucking baby. <laughs> Just being abyss. Just a abyss. The inky blackness of the starless night forever now because this match drew, this show drew all of the stars. Like, uh, he's going many... he's, he's to go over five for the Kenny, for the Kenny and Osprey match. Like, I guarantee you. I think it's going six. I reckon it's going to go over six. Um, go, and I, I think that the five man and the main event to get five as well. Yeah. I'd, I'd be shocked if the five man didn't. Um, I'm trying I to think. think of... I think if if anyone put one of those two matches anywhere in their top 10 match of the year, I would be absolutely fine with that. Anywhere you put it, like as long as it's like, in the top five, maybe. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think Osprey Omega is going to be top of a lot of our lists to be fair I don't think anything on this card was less than a three and a half to four yeah and that's so rare like you you can get FTR you could you could like I could walk into your house tomorrow Jane you'd be like oh I'm re-watching for the door and I I wouldn't even say well which match you're on I'd be like sound yeah let's just watch wherever you're at yeah that's fine yeah I can't wait to watch this with Matthew I mean you get to watch it all again and watch Matthew pop I mean how is he gonna uh, is he alright with 
murder. Like he he likes BCC, so he's okay with it. I don't think he's gonna deal too well about Okada and Kenny both getting crimed. Um, just just make sure after um he's finished watching Okada losing to Danielson to remind him that Okada's an amateur, please. Okay. <laughs> he'll, he'll know, I'll ring he'll know you it. and let you do it. He'll know where he'll know it's come from me, so it's all good. You should, you should, you should do a little, a little video message for him, okay? Just so he can so they can play it after he's uh, after I'll, 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 I'll send you a voice note after we finish recording this like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, on that note then I think we're gonna call it right there. Um that was that's pretty much swallowed up the entire podcast this week. We'll be back next week for a slightly more yeah, usual show. We're gonna talk about Money in the I mean, bank, maybe? in the northwest ever. Well, we'll be talking about well, money in the money in the bank is on Saturday, isn't it? So we're, we're, it's going to be like um, a UK special next week because we're going to talk about a bit of money in the bank, which is in the UK, and we're also going to um, we're going to interrogate Faye about all of the English wrestling <laughs> she's been watching over the last few weeks as well, which is going to be fun. Yep. Uh, do you want me to quickly run down the card for money in the uh, bank? No, no, I don't. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, quick one. Um, um, all out is the third of September. Yeah, that was announced. So that is literally a week after um, All In. So, fuck. But interestingly, Tony did say they were going to build stuff for, like independently from All All In and All Out, which makes me think they're going to have essentially two pay per view quality shows back to back. Yep. Yeah. So we're in for a wild ride. Um, yeah, we are now on the road to All In. We're all going to be there. We can't wait. It's interesting. He did say as well in the press conference that the reason they've not booked anything for All In is because they were waiting to get for the door done first to see where they're at. So now we can really start the build to All In and All Out, which is going to be a, a special, special time. I can't wait for it. Yeah. Um, we, at, Well, at time recording today, but it would have been last night when this comes out um, as well. We did a little special of me, you and Aaron trying to Trying to predict the all in card and it, God, that, that, and that was like a that was like a fever dream on it. Jesus, it it went terribly because no one could fucking agree on anything. <laughs> I was like, I was like thinking, let's try and lock matches in, and Aaron was like, well, that's not gonna happen. And it takes dudes that didn't didn't think anything was fucking gonna happen that Aaron was saying, and I was like, like, well, I think this might happen, and you're like, no, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I acquiesce to Adam Cole the MJF. I think we managed to lock in like three or four matches. Yeah, um, sixty-two days to get that to get that card. That's, that's, what, I, that's how long we. I got mean, that. I've already booked the perfect AW All In card. You can go and see it on have. YouTube we or have. where podcasts are available. Just um, um just just give yeah. Big Bill a call, mate. You'll you'll sort you right out. No. He's not on my card, mate. Um, unless, unless you meant Bill Osprey, and then he's wrestling Jericho, which fuck knows Billion. all that happened. Um, but. Sacrifices were made um, <laughs> to to get that, which, yeah. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, that's gonna do it from us. We'll be back next week for a bit more, a slightly more structured episode and less less of um, sort of review mania. Yeah, um, as always, enjoy your wrestling. Take care. We'll see you all real soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housing. <laughs>